Welcome to Terry Messenger's Genius Zone. Are you a passionate person who wants to stand out in your field and become an iconic leader who thrives within your genius zone? Here on this show, I interview people who are heart-centered and passionate about serving the world with an outstanding presence. I will demonstrate here how to tap into your infinite God-given gift and platform your limitless potential to create a world-class business. And we are live. Welcome back to Terry Messenger's Genius Zone. And you all know that this is the place and the space where magic happens. So we love to bring something every single week that's delicious and juicy for your life. So you'll be able to take something away from here just from tuning in and listening that can be life changing. So with no further ado, I have a beautiful lady. Now, this lady is launching something really fun. She happens to be a hypnotherapist and an NLP, so she is one of my kind, and she believes in equipping people so that they can take positive action and have the tools to do it themselves. But she also believes in really letting your hair down, creating a, a space so you can just come in and really learn even when you're having fun and spending a Friday night at Rosie's. So with no further ado, I introduce you the gorgeous Rosie Nelson. Hi, Rosie. Hello. Hi. And tell us, where are you? I'm in England. I'm in Devon in England. So you, you're a hypnotherapist and an NLP practitioner and you do breath work and you do all of those things. What, what did you, what made you decide that you wanted to suddenly do something different like Rosie's, Friday Night at Rosie's? Tell me about Friday Night at Rosie's. So Friday Night at Rosie's was born through... Um, a wonderful course that I went on with somebody called Laurie Hammond. Um, she's fantastic and she teaches people how to um, create their own courses, their own complete sort of, you know, 10 week courses and stuff. She's fantastic. And um, so she enables people to do that. She shows you exactly how to do it from start to finish in a very simplistic way. Um, it's, it's wonderful, thoroughly recommend it. Um, now, when I was on that course, uh, I decided that uh, I was struggling with a few things, uh, as people do when you're on a new course and you're learning new things. There's always an aspect um, that you sort of think, oh, I just don't know how to do this. I just, oh, I'm going to give up, you know. Um, and I sort of reached that point. And so I reached out to everybody on the course and they were all absolutely amazing people. And I just reached out to them and said, um, you know, I'd really like to do a Zoom call, a group Zoom call. Um, just to get us all together and to chat and to um, so that we can iron out anything that we're worried about and, and all that kind of stuff. So I set this Zoom call up and the first week it, it sort of started out at about eight people, I think. Um, and it was great. I just did a little hypnotherapy thing at the beginning, uh, guided meditation hypnotherapy session at the beginning. And then we all uh, chatted and then we went into breakout rooms and we sort of um, talked about the course and how amazing it was um, and our fears over things because that's so much 
basically that's that's pretty much what it boils down to isn't it we all have these fears inside over certain things um yeah so we we just had a jolly good chat about that and then um and then everybody said to me it was fantastic can you do another one so i sort of said um yes yeah by all means i loved it and i did love it i felt really i felt different when i was doing it i felt so alive uh and i used to do a lot of amateur dramatics when i was a child um and it sort of brought that side of me out, the creative, um, wonderful side. And, and I just loved it. So I thought, well, I'll do another one. So I did another one the following week. And suddenly I had so many people signed up. I thought, crikey, this is, woof, this is, uh, yeah, quite overwhelming, actually. Um, so I went on and I didn't really feel the same fear that I feel with a lot of other things that I did. Um, I just really enjoyed it. I felt really relaxed and I just really, really enjoyed it. And from that... I sort of thought, okay, what, what can I do with this? This is something that I love doing. Um, what can I do with this? Where can I take it? And I thought about the healer world, the hypnotherapy world. Um, and I thought, you know what? We go from course to course. We just move from course to course to course. And what do we gain from that? Well, we gain this wonderful community when we're doing these courses. You meet all these fantastic people and you have this amazing social life and you're all in it together. But then the course ends, you know, and you sort of, you drift, you stay in touch with some people, you uh, lose touch with others and, and you drift apart. And I thought, I want to create a community that lasts forever for people. But I also want them to get that sense of learning. We're all addicted to learning, I think, us hypnotherapists and healers. We really want to learn constantly um, and improve, you know, and learn the next thing, the, the next thing that we can help people with. And I thought, I want everybody to learn every week, but I don't want people to feel like this is another course, just another, you know, another course that they're going on, another learning tool. I want people to, to learn without really realizing or knowing that they're learning how can i do this and i thought i know i can start a chat show this is what people need they need a night out us hypnotherapists and healers we slog all week on our own um you know yeah we talk to friends about things um but who do you talk to about if you've got a, a really sort of tough case if you've got a difficult client and you think how do I deal with this or you know if you're feeling stressed out by something a client's told you you know you need that connection with people who are in a, a similar job um, I think um, and that's why we all flock to each other in these courses and I want to create that permanent community where people can learn in a really fun way let their hair down just be themselves without actually doing another course you know um, so yeah Friday nights at Rosie's was born Wow. So do you think a lot of it came as a as an evolution, like because it kind of evolved? It, it sounds like it birthed itself. It was. It was a really natural thing for me. Um, mm. I'd, I didn't realise how much I enjoyed hosting something. Um, I didn't realise how much I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed providing a safe environment for people where they can just have fun and just let their hair down and not have to perform or be um be giving because that's what we do as as healers and hypnotherapists we just give 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 and we don't really do anything for ourselves if we do it tends to be separate from that um and i just wanted to provide i wanted to give back I want to give back. That's what I want to do. I want to give back to the, a, a community that just it serves sounds, again. It also sounds very much like um, not only are you giving back, but 
you're doing this because it's kind of like almost like a natural ease and flow. And it's like you understand that there seems to be this push, you know, with the grind and the hustle of what everybody's constantly wanting to do and trying to do online. And I think one of the big problems is that there are so many people wanting to say, hello, um, choose me over here because we are in a crowded, a very, very crowded uh, space online, you know, where there are suddenly so many coaches like you're in England right I'm in Perth Western Australia when I first became a hypnotherapist back in well I was a 2006 when I became a uh, a trainer of neuro-linguistic programming it actually took me a few years so I actually developed my diploma in hypnosis in 2011 and 12 and it was no problem because number one it was strange to be a hypnotherapist in Perth like there were no hypnotherapists and then if people thought about it they'd go oh well you know they expected to see an old lady with short gray hair and big glasses you know (laughs) And and you know I just didn't fit any of the the usual type of uh, personal what people expected. So, it, you know, being in that space of being a hypnotherapist or an NLP trainer, um, you know, it was pretty easy actually. It was, it was very easy compared to when coming online because once you came online, all of a sudden you've got a sea of coaches yep. coming out of the woodworks. So the question is, How do I stand out? And I'm wondering, just listening to you, because I know that a lot of people that do follow my show are other coaches, healers and leaders anyway, or people that are, you know, really doing an online business and people that love this kind of work that we do, such as NLP and hypnosis. So the the question is, do you think that... Uh, one of the big success elements for you was in your authenticity, like suddenly finding your place in your happy space yeah. and it sort of like growing out of a, a natural kind of ease and flow rather than that, oh, I've got to try and get myself out there. And, and, and then when you kind of just went, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this, and then suddenly you get this influx yeah. Because there's going to be a lot of other people that are listening and going, well, what was the magic? So I'm just going to say something myself right here, and that is that just because Rosie's doing a Friday night at Rosie's, that may not be the perfect thing for you, right? The The whole thing is to be you. So I'm wondering whether, like, even you mentioned about the creative part of you and what you did you know, like going back in your history and and can you see how all of that's kind of come together and really exudes a bit of your genius, you know, your genius zone? Your yeah, natural. absolutely. Yeah. It really is yeah. about um, people often say, just go with the flow, just go with the flow. And then you get other people who say, oh, if you want something, you've really got to fight for it. You've got to fight and fight and fight. And all of the multimillionaires, you know, they've all become bankrupt at some point. And I, yes, I completely agree with all that. I think you do have to go with the flow. And yes, to a degree, you have to fight. 
But I think it's all about knowing yourself and knowing what is natural for you. Because this to me was so natural and I'd never felt before that anything was quite so natural. Um, it just all happened. It just happened. Um, and I think, yes, you can't sit there and let things plop into your lap because they often won't. But no. Right. I think if you're in tune with yourself and reaching that point of being in tune with yourself can be really hard. This has taken a lot of, a lot of things have led to this point. This hasn't been a case of, of me just tripping through life, skipping through the fields. Um, a lot of things have led to this point. Um, and so I've had, I've had a lot of trauma as have so many people. Um, this whole COVID thing, um, the whole, um, this whole period the last four years, I think, have been very, very difficult for a lot of people. Um, mm. I speak to very few people who've had um, who've had it easy over the last four years, um, me included. It's been one. Uh, I've had two major traumas that have changed my life um, wow. beyond anything, um, and they were what gave me that big boot up the backside that I really needed um, to a recognise my value. I never recognised my value, and a lot of us don't. I think so many of our um, so many of our fears come from childhood beliefs and stuff, which are very hard to to get rid of. Even though a lot of us are therapists and hypnotherapists and healers, um, you know, it doesn't mean that we're fully there. You know, you don't. Do you <laughs> yeah, right. You don't you don't train to do this stuff and then go, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm absolutely, I, I'm perfect now. I'm fine. Um, often you train to do this stuff and that's the beginning of your journey, you know, and, and you, you train and, and after five years of doing the job, you have sudden changes and, and realizations and it's, it's an ever, ever learning thing, isn't it? Um, and for me, uh, you know, I trained to become a hypnotherapist and I thought life was pretty good actually, you know, it was, it was all right. And, um, and then I had a huge trauma, which, um, you know, part, part way through my training, nothing related to the training. I had a huge trauma happen. Um, and that was a big wake up call, a big wake up call. And I realized that I, you know, I thought I'd done a lot of work on myself. And suddenly I realized that actually this was the beginning of all the work on myself. When you had that trauma, like obviously they, you know, I really, as I mean, Terry Messenger's genius zone, that's what I believe people's zone of genius comes from that traumatic moment in time yeah. that actually catapults a person forward. And really it's almost like a wake-up call where yeah. you're kind of like, okay, and you're kind of forced to look at life. So what do you think? What was the perspective? Like I'm not sure what you're prepared to share around your trauma, but, you know, when you look at it from the point of, the emotion that it created and where it took you and what what happened around that i'm i'm really curious to know what it actually how it woke you up what was the wake yeah. up what were the learnings around that i'd love to hear from so you more about that i'm very open about um about everything really because i believe that being open allows other people to connect with you. Uh, I think it allows other people to um, to be open as well. Uh, oftentimes people are so closed about traumas that they've had in their lives because they're ashamed, they're embarrassed, they're, um, you know, all kinds of things. Um, so I, 
initially was, yeah, very, very shocked actually. Um, and then I went into the shame and the embarrassment. And then suddenly I thought, you know, a few weeks after the trauma, I thought, no, I'm not doing this shame. I'm not doing this embarrassment. Absolutely not. I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to put myself out there. And yes, people will judge me and people will make judgments. Um, people will assume things. When you say, can I just ask you something? When you say you're going to put yourself out there and people will judge you, what would they be judging you for? Um, okay, so so I'll, I'll come to that because I'll tell you what happened. Um, but yes, I knew that I'd be judged and, and I thought, no, I'm actually going to speak out. Um, what happened was uh, I found out that I was living with a child sex offender. Um, I discovered a whole uh, stash of um, some very severe child pornography in my home, uh, which belonged to my partner at the time. And we'd been living together for four years. Um, it was a huge shock. It was, I mean, it led to all kinds of feelings and fears. And I mean, I'm sure you can begin mm. to imagine what I went through in that, in that, well, within the first few hours, actually. Um, I called the police immediately um, and they turned up and then my life was just turned upside down. In a matter of an hour, my life was over, really. What was my life was, was finished. I had a business with him. Um, I didn't have any children with him, thank goodness, but I did have a son. Um, and so, you know, my first immediate uh, thing was to have to call my son down and say, you know, have you had anything happen to you? Luckily, uh, we were very close and he never really had very much to do with my ex-partner. They never really got left alone. He was slightly older, my son was. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, cut a long story short, you can imagine what it was like. The ex was arrested um, and that was it for me. I never wanted to have anything more to do with him. Um, can you, I, can you, when you, because you're a, obviously a very, very clever lady and you're um, very empowered too. So you understand about hypnotherapy, you mm. understand about human, uh, the way humans are, and you no doubt would have consulted in your life, in your time, um, you know, people that had been subjected to all sorts of things. I know uh, if you've been in my position, it can be anything from people that have been subjected to rape and molestation, right? You probably understand some of the NLP presuppositions, and I know some people won't want to hear this, mm. but there is one specific NLP presupposition that says everybody, everybody, uh, not a generalisation, everybody, no matter what, is always coming from the highest intention. Could you ever or did you ever find yourself being like that person who does equip people and you obviously understand about human behaviour, where you stood back for a moment and wondered what was the suffering that was inside your partner someone you chose that would be so derelict in nature was that ever something that that you know that that you raised with yourself about him of and course. what caused him to be so derelict yeah of course of course um i mean crikey when you're trying to justify what somebody's done um you know you go through all sorts in your head i went through the whole grieving process actually um, and that was quite interesting because I didn't realise 
that it was the grieving process, even though I knew all that I knew, I didn't really realize, I didn't recognize it as such because of the trauma. Um, and the trauma brain stopped me from realizing quite a lot um, at the time. Can I ask um, on the trauma, can I just ask on that? What do you feel was the most the, the biggest trauma about that? Was it giving someone your trust in your life and then finding out something so depraving? Like what yeah. was it that traumatized you the most out of that? Do you think that's a good question? Um, it's one that I can't answer directly. The trauma was many-sided it was like a diamond you know the trauma had so many different sides there was so many different sides to it there was my son there was um yeah there was the whole trust thing uh there was I mean crikey I felt and what I felt immediately changed it was really interesting because the immediate feelings and it's like the grieving process you go through this process of all these different feelings don't you and that was what happened to me initially I was just shocked and oh I, I, I myself felt revolting if I could have removed my skin within the first few days and bleached yeah. myself I would have wow felt so it made nothing. you feel dirty even though you oh, yeah. were any part of that you didn't know but you felt dirty do you think it was because you'd you know did you feel like he betrayed you was it a betrayal of your trust was it a a disgust and disappointment of being in love with someone that that you just yeah that that, that had it was gone. many it was many things yeah it was it was that it was exactly that it was the whole thing about um how could i have ever loved someone that revolting um but it was it was many many things it was to do with the fact that i'd let him touch me um that was mm. a lot of it you know i'd let this as far as i was concerned at the time i'd let this um this person this thing touch me um now i feel very differently about that um you know uh, things change with time and once the trauma dies down and you can see, um, you know, you can see that person as a human, as I do now. Uh, and I see that that person in turn, he wasn't born that way. You know, he wasn't. He was born um, a baby. He became a toddler, you know, and, and it was through damage to him and what was done to him that turned him into the person that did what he did. And what he did was what he did. It wasn't who he was you know I wouldn't have been in love with him so I've you know I've had many thought processes but initially the initial thing was of shock and of um, shame and um, I actually started a charity a while afterwards to help people wow. in my situation because there wasn't anybody um, who was exclusively dealing with people who had been in who'd found themselves in the same situation as me and believe me when I say I was shocked to find out at the time that they were arresting about 450 people who were viewing child pornography a month 450 people a month so there were 450 people out there at least 450 not to mention the girlfriends the wives the mothers um the boyfriends the lovers the brothers the sisters the work colleagues of all these people who found out that this person that they trusted um you know had been viewing child and was he really such a a least suspect that nobody would have even thought that he was a pedophile no the funny thing is, people have said to me, didn't you have any idea? And I sort of think, well, A, 
if I had any idea, if I have had any suspicion in the slightest, I wouldn't have stayed with him. My God, I had a son, you know, and I wouldn't have wanted to be with someone like that. But, um, you know, so, so no, of course I didn't. But the other thing is what people don't understand is um, that so much shame comes with this for the people. How do you think these paedophile rings build up? You know, they don't make themselves known. They are clever, clever people. They have lies that they have to cover. And they learn how to do this from a very, very early point in their um, addiction. You know, they're not stupid. They are clever people. And that is how these paedophile rings remain undiscovered. You know, and that is how so many people get away with this for so many years. Because, you know, I, I, can, I can name all of the celebrities that have been found out yeah and people will go well i mean we all knew really i mean look but but if you all knew then why was nobody doing something no people actually don't gonna, know people yeah, don't know i'm going to commend you for this because do you know how many people and you've probably heard this story before too as a hypnotherapist will come in and say that they were molested by a stepfather or a brother or an uncle or an auntie or whoever it was, but the partner did not want to know about it Yeah, and refused and turn a blind eye. So I have to say you can stand up and really be counted for being so powerful that you actually said no you drew a line in the sand you saw the evidence you didn't try and cover it up you know love didn't cause you to you know st you know stay stuck mm -hmm. inside that yeah and yeah. as a result you know I'd love to know like obviously you know you started a charity about this and the this is what genius zones are made of so do you do you feel called to actually be reaching out to people things you're very equipped to help people that i mean not only want to visit you know friday night at rosie's to let their hair down have a good time and and just you know be able to have fun and learn while they're actually um having fun at the same time mm -hmm. do you feel called that this is a specific uh niche that you can help people with, with suspected so, daughters, sons, uh, yeah. brothers, uncles. Yeah, it, it's um, it's something that I've been doing for the last uh, two years. So um, yeah, so the charity has been running for a year, um, and before that, I was uh, helping people who would come to me. Um, but, um, you know, I have so many different therapists um, that were involved in my charity that are really equipped to deal with uh, people if they do need help. I don't know whether you've ever followed Dr. John D. Martini, but my husband, um, uh, Dr. Ian, who is also a chiropractor, and myself went to Melbourne to do his training um, on the breakthrough um, experience. And that breakthrough experience meant that you literally had to hold, and because we became like it was part of the qualification that we did years ago, and, you know, we brought it back to Perth and we ran this massive event 
and it really turned people inside out, up, upside down and, and back the front because, you know, when people were going through the breakthrough, they were having like little mini breakdowns, they were getting mm. aggro, all of their Achilles heel was coming out. And some of them would even want to get up and leave. And we said, don't leave, don't. You know, the one thing you've got to trust us on this is you've got to move through this. You've got to mm. push through to the push other side. The pain. Yeah. yeah, push through the pain because you are halfway across the line and you're at that level where, you know, you've got, You've, you've brought that person who you need to deeply forgive and you've gone through this process where you've looked at the equilibrium, what the good parts about them and the bad parts, and then wait for it, Rosie. You're not going to like this very much. Then you're going to look for the things in them that are also in you, right? Yeah. Can you imagine, can you imagine when this woman said, no, I can't forgive? She was in that course and she turned around and she said, because that guy murdered my husband. That's pretty, that's pretty, like, that's a big ask for me to say, well, you know, why would you not forgive him? But what if you released yourself? Yeah. And as she was breaking it all down, sometimes it's not a literal thing like, it may not be literal, but, you know, maybe if you've looked at somebody else with hatred, even for a moment, like, you know, when you're a teenager or maybe in his case when he was a child, obviously there was something very deeply missing there in his sexuality. But, you know, when we find the mirror of both sides of it and we kind of equalise it, neutralise it, dissolve it, and know that there's there's all these different sides to everything. That's when it loses its power. Mm. It's incredible. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think you know, I've done, I've done so much um, self delving. You know, um, I really thought I'd looked at myself before. Um, didn't have the uh, easiest childhood. You know. Um, and so I thought I'd looked at myself before and I thought, yeah, I've dealt with all that. And, you know, I'm I'm training to be a hypnotherapist now. And and then that hit me like a brick. Um, and that was one hell of a wake up call. You know, um, I need to look at myself. I really need to look at myself here. And I did. Um, and it was really painful. Lots of it was really, really, really painful. And like you said, you know, you um, you you have to sort of look at why you were attracted to that person like attracts like they say and you know and yeah it was it was really painful and I know that both of us had um we had so much in common we had very uh, we had similar childhoods in a way um you know uh similar in a way and very very dissimilar in another way um but anyway that was that was something that really really woke me up and booted me towards um you know towards acting and towards living life and stop i had to stop being fearful i was spending my entire life scared of everything and being mm. fearful and not feeling like i was enough and not feeling you know i couldn't do anything i could never achieve anything because i just wasn't good enough and i was never enough um, and that was one big boot up the backside that i needed to um to act and i did I, I acted and i started to do things and i started stepping out of my comfort zone and um and putting things into place that i never dreamt i could do and i achieved so much really surprised myself and just achieved so much it was it was amazing but still i wasn't quite there 
I wasn't quite there. And, and then I had another trauma, which happened last November, um, and there was an explosion and a fire in my home. Um, and uh, I lost a lot of my hair. Um, so I lost the, the first inch of my hair and my face and hands were badly burnt. Um, yeah, and, and that was another um, thing that just pushed me into action and pushed me into knowing myself better and to having these huge realizations about what life's about and, and fear, the fear that we hold within us, the fear that, you know, we think, um, you know, some fear can be a really good thing because it protects you. Well, actually, fear can also imprison you. And that's what it did to me. I spent my whole my whole life really up until um, not very long ago. I spent my entire life imprisoned by my own fear, um, yeah. and and yeah, when you kind of when you realise that and you let go and you have these things that other people sort of say, "Oh my God, what an awful thing to happen to you!" and I say, "It didn't happen to me. It happened for me." It happened for me. And they're like, what? And I, what? Are you saying that it was a good thing? Yeah, actually, it was a good thing. It was a really good thing because it didn't just, the explosion, um, yes, it happened right there in front of me, but it also happened in my brain. It was like an explosion in my brain and it blew my eyes wide open and everything. And suddenly I could see things that I'd never seen before, ever. And I felt things I'd never felt before. I felt braver. I felt um, it was. I felt somehow enlightened afterwards. Wow! Um, yeah, yeah, because that's fire. Yeah. And fire does it. You know, that's very, very significant. Yeah. It's a bit like ocean and water. Yeah. And the goddess Ocean, you know, and and how fierce that can be. And so I I totally I I just say what a what a champion, what an absolute legend and uh an amazing woman that you are because you've you know you've not just endured this like 30 years ago or 40 years ago. This has all been recent. So, you know, when something happens to us in our nervous system, as hypnotherapists, we know that it causes this whole, and as you said about the fire, this visual, audible, kinesthetic explosion, mm. right? Literally, that's what happened to you. Did you, um, what did you do to switch off that trigger and that repetitive trauma? So uh, initially with the, with the first trauma that I had, um, I was bad for two weeks. I was really bad. I had, uh, unfortunately, I discovered an SD card, which I then put into the computer and it was the child pornography and it was severe child pornography. That played uh, exactly where it played on the computer, bottom left. It played in my vision and I couldn't switch off everywhere I looked for, for a while. Um, and I um, am lucky enough to have some fantastic friends and a really wonderful friend of mine um, called Sarah Christie. Uh, I, I called her up and I said, um, I need to tell you what's happened to me. Um, it's not great, but um, I need your help. And um, she helped me, uh, NLP. So we got rid of the visual images um, and then we did a lot of tapping, um, which got me addicted to tapping. It's fantastic. Um, yes. And that and that helped to process all the emotions that I was feeling. Um, and it was pretty much instant. I think we spent three hours that day tapping, three hours. 
but um, yeah, but it processed all of the uh, strong emotions that I was, I couldn't think about him without crying. I couldn't think about, I mean, I just felt so repulsive. It processed it all. It was absolutely fantastic. It really was like a magic cure. Um, so, so that sort of did that. Um, and uh, I've gone off track here. I can't remember what. <laughs> no, you. That was perfect. I love that because I, I want to actually expand on that. Um, so you know, people don't realise it, and a lot of listeners don't know much about the work we do. Um, but what we know, and this is a very, very great example of you've got to be careful of what you are looking at, what your kids are looking at, mm. what comes up in your mind, what you're mm. hearing because it leaves an imprint on your mind that will impact the way you behave and Absolutely. what you're actually thinking and believing. So when you contacted this lovely lady, Sarah, who practices obviously neuro-linguistic programming, she was able to switch off. And this is something that I know when I'm teaching counsellors and psychologists, mm. this reality they're doing it because this allows people to switch off the trauma yeah so they're not replaying that over and over in their mind so it's not flashing up when they least expect it and impacting the way that they do life because yeah. you know I mean what we put in here will come out you know there's just oh, just the way that it way. is so you know yeah, and I love yeah. the fact that, you know, you've taken on board that neuro-linguistic programming to release and dissolve and clear the visual, audible, kinesthetic, um, you know, power that it was holding on your life mm. until that was kind of taken out and released. And then you're tapping and the tapping is kind of you know yourself because you're kind of like not running away from a bad situation but it's even though this is the situation, I truly love and value myself. And, you know, we're, we're kind of facing it, aren't we? And we're letting ourselves know that it's okay. And so I love that you were able to do that. And I know... Uh, you know, I've been very blessed, but I had a trauma myself um, going back some years ago. It's where I actually found my husband's brother who had passed away. But for me, because it, it was a shock, it was unexpected. And I was the one who actually went there to take him a sandwich to help him out because he had a little bit of heartburn and wasn't feeling very well right. to find out that he was blue. And that really kind of shocked me, like I was yeah. shaking. I realised that I was distracted. And this is what people don't understand. When, you're, when you've got underlying trauma and you think, oh, yeah, I've pushed that aside or years have gone by, you know, it interrupts your life it interrupts your success it interrupts your flow it does so by, yeah by actually you know allowing yourself to deal with it with the right people like Rosie like myself like Sarah the lady Rosie's talking about right what that actually means is that you are releasing that out of your your body out of your library so you can do life you know limitless so you're not held back paralyzed by fear and I know that I had to get my husband 
to do a very strong collapse on me. And I knew it was a bit too soon because you've got to grieve and everything as well. So it wasn't yes. that I was short circuit my, my grief, but it was that I didn't, I had so much that I had to do that I knew that my physical body shaking um, was, it wasn't, it wasn't good for me. So within, and this goes to show how powerful the work we do is, Within 15 minutes of my husband conducting that technique and collapsing that trauma, it left my body. Yes. It, didn't, it didn't go out of my mind. Like it didn't cause me to think something ridiculous like that something bad is okay. You have your rationality but the trigger has gone. Yeah, and, and the, the, um, it causes so much emotion constant emotion to be at the forefront and and it relaxes that and you can then allow that emotion to dissipate and you don't feel that strength of emotion over that situation again because um it changes our whole chemical things as well you said that it you know you get trapped in that trauma don't you and oh. you said that it it, it stops you it, it limits you and it mm. really does um and you didn't stop the grieving process you just removed that very initial trauma and that would have allowed you to grieve properly if you'd have stayed with that trauma you probably would have been grieving for a lot longer oh, a lot longer absolutely. and i don't think people i don't think people realize how much the chemicals change when you experience trauma and when you experience a situation your whole chemical makeup because of the emotions that are that are felt and um, are uh, present at the time, the emotions change your whole chemical makeup. And then the problem is if you feel those emotions day in, day out, and you wake up every morning to the same emotions, your chemicals will remain the same. And then your body becomes addicted to the chemicals. And so if you are grieving and you sink into a depression, if you're angry every day, you wake up, something bad's happened, you're really angry, you wake up every morning with those same chemicals flooding your system, your body will then become quite addicted to those chemicals. And so if you then wake up where you don't feel that anger and you don't feel those emotions, the sadness or the anger, whatever it is you're feeling, you know, or, or doing something which makes you feel sad. And people that go, exactly I, don't, right. I don't know why I'm caught in this circle. I can't seem to get out of it. You know, every day I wake up and some mornings I wake up and I actually feel okay, but it's not long before I'm depressed again. And I say, yeah, you, you need to trick yourself out of those chemicals, you know, and I, yeah. I give people all kinds of weird stuff to do that, that tricks their body into um, producing happy chemicals and okay chemicals so that they can become used to those happy okay chemicals. The, the, the brain is just uh, phenomenal, isn't it? It's phenomenal. It not only is, but what you're saying is just, I love what you're saying because it has such a big impact on our immune system too. And then people Massive. wonder why they come up with all of these diseases or they've got these pains and they've got these headaches or this exhaustion because it's all this toxins going on in your body yeah. and when they're gone oh what a what an amazing release not it just really is. physically but spiritually yeah and so and as it's and as it turns out friday night at rosie's was born yeah so this 
there's, you know, there's something in there that really, um, you know, that, that sounds very fun. It sounds like it's really something where people can just let their hair down and all of those things. So what sort of people do you reckon are coming into Friday Night at Rosie's? So it's pretty much all healers and therapists. It's people who, people who serve people who serve and they give, 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 give all week. Um, and I just want to give back. I just want people to come along and have fun. I want them to let their hair down. It's just going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining. It's going to be like your favourite TV series, but you get to be involved. This is all about, it's all about the audience, all about yep. the audience. It's audience participation. It's interactive. So you get to ask the guest speaker questions. You get to um, be involved as well, you know, and then you go into your breakout rooms and you get to meet people. You get to meet people that you haven't seen for a couple of years. You met them on a course two years ago. You really liked them, but you kind of lost touch. And you get to do that every single week. I want people to have so much fun that this is something that they're going to start looking forward to. So every Friday you're going to be, oh, thank God. It's Fridays at Rosie's at 7.30 or 7. It's 7. It's Fridays at Rosie's at 7 and I can just, oh, my God, I get myself a cup of tea or a glass of wine and I can just chill with everyone and learn because we just love learning, don't we? We're addicted to it. But I don't want people to think of it as another, it's not another course. You're going to learn so much, but you're going to learn without even knowing you're learning because I'm going to be speaking learn to this guest that. speaker. It's going to be like you and me. We're just going to have a laugh. We're going um, to chill. We're going to speak about stuff. Um, it's going to be an absolute scream. But you'll have a little wine. Ah, there you go. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> cheers. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, it, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a scream. Um, and all of those who know me will know that um, that I've got a wicked sense of humour, and uh, you know that that's probably part of what's kept me going throughout all of this. I've got a wicked sense of humour, so it's gonna be an absolute scream. Love it. And how do people get on board? Okay, so um, look out for me on Facebook. Follow me on Facebook because soon you're all going to find out how you can sign up for it. Uh, first show is going to be free. Obviously, I want people to come along and I don't, I don't want people to have to sign up without knowing what they're signing up for. So come along free to the first one. But the numbers are limited. Um, unfortunately, due to sort of various, obviously, you know, we don't want 400 people there because how can you be interactive? It's not going to be personal if there are 400 people there. So the numbers are limited. Um, so make sure you get in there early. But find me on Facebook, Rosie Nelson. Um, and then there's going to be a Facebook page coming very shortly. Um, we're not going to do it too soon because I don't want people to have to wait too long. Uh, so uh, it's Friday the 30th of September is the first one at seven o'clock. But keep an eye out, uh, Rosie Nelson, Facebook, and you'll you'll find out soon. All the advertising, all of the promotional stuff will be happening soon. It's going to be really exciting. Amazing. So, you know, regardless of when you're listening to this, whether you are just in time for the big liftoff, and I just want to thank you so much. Now, if you had one last thing you'd like to share with the audience, what would it be? Stop being scared. I spent my whole life scared, you know. Just find a way of not being scared anymore. Just find a way. Whatever you do, seek any way you can of not being fearful and not being scared anymore. Because once you lose that fear, um, 
you know, you, you will you will be able to give to the world so much better. And that's all I want to do. I want to give I want to give to people. I want people to be happy and I want to I don't want to leave this world having not given and not made a difference. And and that's what I'm going to do now. I feel that I can do that now. Now I've lost the fear. Finally. <laughs> and hence why they say fear is like an acronym for false evidence appearing real. We're yes. just here. We're now. We're free. So why not make the most of your life? It's like, you know, if you could throw yourself out there and go into the oldest you, maybe in your 90s, who knows, and look back knowing that you are the youngest you'll ever be, you know, what would what would that person say to you now? We can face anything and when you're in the right people, when you're in the right crowd and you're with the right people, what better way to do it? So I just want to thank you so very, very much. And um, thank you for your time. This has been a really powerful um, podcast to have done with you. And I feel very privileged that you have been so open because I know that there's people out there that are just going to go, wow. And that, that might get somebody to step up too. I hope so. Say, Absolutely. So thank you. So. Thank you, Terry. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Wow, wow, wow. What an amazing woman. It just goes to show this is what you can do too. You can allow your story to become your glory. If you have a special story, if you've got a zone of genius that you want to share, or maybe you want to tap into what it is that's going to give you that next up level. Go to my website, terrymessenger.com. You can contact me. We can discuss either for you to come on, share your story, or maybe you would like to dig deep and find your gold mine underneath. Who knows? Maybe even years and years of pain. Turn your pain into your power. Make your story, just like Rosie, your glory. And until next time, that's over and out from me, Terry Messenger. See you soon. Thank you for listening to our show. And if you want to know how to tap into your zone of genius, or if you have a gift that you want to platform to the world, go to my website, terrymessenger.com, and where it says Elite Crown Master Key, click on Book a Free Discovery Session and we will map out your road to success.